This is your host, Kristen, and you're listening to the Confessions of Women in STEM podcast, the show that empowers girls to succeed and thrive in STEM. On the show today, get ready for an exciting episode where I sit down with Alice, a third-year biomedical engineering student from the University of British Columbia, which is also commonly referred to as UBC. During our chat, we discuss many things, such as what biomedical engineering is all about, Alice's active involvement in extracurriculars, such as UBC Waste Knots, and her internship with ATCO in Edmonton. Plus, we get a glimpse into Alice's thoughts and plans for the future after her graduation. So, without further ado, enjoy my conversation with Alice. Hey Alice, thank you for being here on the show with me today. I'm super excited to have you. Yeah, super excited to be joining in today. To kick off our conversation, I'd like to take a moment to just get to know you better. So could you give us a brief introduction of yourself? Mm -hmm. So hi, my name is Alice Hu. I just finished my third year of biomedical engineering at UBC Vancouver campus. And I'm currently doing a 16-month co-op at ACCO in Edmonton. And I guess some of my hobbies would be dance, art, and just listening to music. Thank you for sharing a bit about yourself, and I'm sure listeners are really eager to hear about your experiences as a university student. For those who might not be too familiar with biomedical engineering, which is your field of study, could you tell us more about your program and what it involves? Mm -hmm. So for UBC specifically, they've started to move away from kind of dividing up the discipline. Um, There's also a biomedical option for mechanical engineering, which I'm not going to go into just because I'm not part of it, but there is that option at UBC. But for biomedical engineering, there kind of were like four specializations within biomedical engineering itself, which included mine. So biomechanics and biomaterials is what I was doing and what I was personally interested in. So I guess if you wanted to put it in like simpler terms, it's more of like a combination between mechanical engineering and kind of just like the medical side of things. So for example, like if someone had an amputation, like maybe making like a prosthetic for them. So that kind of idea. And then biomaterials would be more along the line of just like finding maybe something that's like biocompatible. So like, you know, if you wanted to make a pacemaker, but you wanted to like design a material that was more suitable for the human body, That could be something along the lines of like what you would do in that field. Um, There's also cellular bioengineering. So that would be more in regards to, you know, genetic editing. Um, And yeah, that one, I, again, I'm not part of, so I can't talk too much on, but there were some courses that kind of focused more on that side of things. In addition, there's also bioinformatics. So that'd be kind of, if you're interested in like um, coding, that would definitely be like the way to go. You learn more about like, uh, for example, like I had a course where um, we were looking into cancer genes and doing kind of code related to that. So that would be bioinformatics. And then lastly, there's systems and signals. So if you go to a hospital, like you're gonna see a bunch of machines. So it's kind of just, more of like electrical engineering and medical side of things combined. So like designing, you know, an MRI, for example, or just like kind of learning more about that. So yeah, that's kind of it in a messy kind of TLDR, but yeah. That sounds really fascinating. And I I think it's really cool how biomedical engineering merges medical topics with engineering ideas and concepts. And that brings me to my next point. 
what inspired you to pursue biomedical engineering and what got you first interested in this field? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of an interesting story. I originally wanted to just kind of go like the traditional like doctor path, um, go to med school and then just kind of specialize from there. But my graduation year was the year that COVID hit, so 2020. Um, and so when I was at home, kind of just like, you know, stuck at home because of the pandemic, I thought a lot about like what I wanted to do in the future. And I guess like seeing all the developments with like vaccines and stuff, I was like, hmm, like, what if I like combine that with engineering? Because um, my dad actually happens to be a mechanical engineer. And so, it was, uh, you know, I always like, I knew a little bit about it, but I wasn't like too into it because I guess I was like pretty stuck on the idea of medical school. But kind of just like seeing like all the developments that were happening, I was like happening. I was like, well, what if I tried like engineering something or like what if I combine like medicine with engineering? And so I kind of did a little more research into biomedical engineering and I saw that like EBC was offering like a degree for that. And yeah, that's kind of just like where I went with and I applied and got in and yeah, now here I am. <laughs> I like that origin story. It's nice to see that there's some positives that came out of your pandemic experience. Yeah. And you mentioned that UBC was kind of the university on your radar. And I'm just curious, what's your favorite part about attending school at UBC? And what made you decide, oh, this is the university that I want to go to? Ooh, definitely. I did look at rankings. I think UBC, I'm not sure where they currently are, but I think they're probably like number two or number three, definitely like in the top 10 for Canada. So that was like something that I was looking at as well. And if you've never been to the campus, you probably should because it is absolutely amazing. Like there is like a beach that you can go to. So sometimes like when I'm stressed from homework or something, like me and my friends will just go down to the beach and kind of just chill there, watch the sunset. It's pretty nice. Um, and I guess like I also like the city of Vancouver. Um, I used to go on like road trips from because I'm originally from Calgary, but like sometimes my family would go on road trips to Vancouver and I kind of just always liked the vibe there. So that was like also a factor, I guess. But yeah, overall, I would say education wise and then also just like enjoying the environment. That's great. I'm from Ontario, so I've never been to BC actually, but I definitely want to go in the future hearing you talk about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's definitely something you should check out. For sure. And speaking of UBC, throughout your time, I've noticed that you've had the opportunity to take many courses. And I was wondering, which courses have you taken that you found particularly enjoyable or even memorable? And what was it about these courses that made them stand out to you? Mm -hmm. So I guess one thing I like about kind of like the courses that we have to take, because um. We have a standardized timetable, so they're like they're just courses that you have to take. Um, but I guess the nice thing about them is that every year, or like starting from first year to like you know as you continue on, there's kind of like a more design oriented course. So that one you kind of learn more about like the actual engineering process, and you get to work in like a group and design a product and sometimes like you know we'll even like prototype them just because at school we have access to like say 3d printers for example so i always found that that was like pretty nice because um like i do recommend that like when you 
do engineering um, that you join like a team or something that you can get like more hands-on experience with. But in the case that you don't, the design course is always like pretty nice. So for example, like this year that would have been BMAG 357 for me. So that's the course code. Um, and I guess like sometimes, you know, like the projects aren't always something that like you want to do, but for me, I guess like I was just more interested in the actual like process and getting to work with other people. Cause I think like as an engineer, it's important that you learn how to collaborate with others and kind of just like be able to share your ideas in a respectful way and then kind of develop to work towards like a better product. So that is like one thing I enjoyed. Um, I guess another specific course I enjoyed was um, my microfluidics course. So that was BMake 373. Um, honestly, I just really liked that course because the prof was just so good. Like she would always encourage questions. Um, I won't lie, sometimes profs can be pretty intimidating. And so, you know, if you're struggling with like a topic, you know, you might be hesitant to ask questions. But she was always so welcoming and it just like made my experience so much better, even when the topic was hard or when like I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't know what I'm doing. Like this is so hard. Like she just made the learning environment feel a lot safer. And so like I really appreciated that from her. But yeah, like again, like the topic she also made super interesting just because when you see that profs are like passionate about it, it makes you want to learn more. And so I also enjoyed that aspect of it. But yeah, I guess those were kind of like my two main standouts. I love that. I definitely see your point. I think props can make or break a course and determine whether or not you enjoy a subject. And I also think that design-oriented course you mentioned was really interesting as well. Mm -hmm. You mentioned earlier that joining teams is something that you suggest for students. And I noticed that you participate in many extracurricular activities. So can you talk about some of the clubs that you're a part of at UBC and also how they've contributed to your overall university experience? Yeah, so um, at UBC, I think currently there's quite a few design teams. I don't want to put an exact number, but there's definitely more than 20 and they're all like you don't have to be in a specific like specialization or discipline to join and join like the actual design team which is nice so even like for example i'm in biomedical engineering i ended up joining a more sustainability related design team called ubc waste knots and so it was just because it was something that i was like personally interested in like going back to the, the pandemic kind of thing um I was on my phone a lot just because, you know, when you're stuck at home, there's not much else to do. And so I was when I was going through like, you know, for example, TikTok or just like Instagram, social media of sorts, like I would see a lot of things just talking about like more like sustainable things like fast fashion and like how that affects our planet and, you know, kind of what we can do about it. And so it kind of got me like more interested on the topic of sustainability. And so um, in my first year, um, everything was online, so I was still at home, but I did see that there's, like, an opportunity to join design teams, and so I thought, you know, I've got the time, like, might as well, right? So I ended up applying for Waste Knots, and I joined um, the textile waste recycling team, and so that was really interesting just because I got to learn from, like, the older students who had had more experience just, like, 
you know, doing actual engineering courses and kind of just going through their degrees. And they definitely provided a lot of like insight into just like the actual like engineering kind of process. And also they're just like really helpful in kind of getting me adjusted to a team environment. And so that I really enjoyed. And so for a second year, I ended up becoming the VP external of that team. And so that was more on like the management side of things. Um, but from that kind of experience, I learned that, you know, I'm also interested in like management. So I guess like an engineering management kind of like became like an option that I've considered more as I've kind of gone through my degree. So that was really interesting. Like I was managing like a team, um, setting up meetings for our like entire team, just because like we're divided into sub teams and we wanted to host like general meetings, for example, or like progress meetings. So that was like pretty interesting. Um, and then this year, so in my third year, I joined Engineers Without Borders, um, Smoke-Free Homes. So actually I had joined Engineers Without Borders in first year as well, but it was on a different kind of venture. So in first year I joined their youth venture. And so that was more related to kind of just like educating high school students on what engineering was and giving them like the opportunity to get involved with engineering and kind of like the process. So we hosted a case competition um, that was involving like designing um, face masks. So that was pretty interesting. I enjoyed that. And then um, I left in second year just because uh, I felt like I was getting kind of busy and overwhelmed with stuff. And that's definitely okay. Like. I wouldn't say like force yourself to do an extracurricular. If you're feeling busy, just kind of take it easy. Um, if you're doing something that you're really passionate about, obviously like you will make the time for that. But if you're feeling burnt out, that's okay too. Um, but yeah, and then uh, in third year, I joined a different venture. So this time it was the uh, Smoke-Free Homes venture. And so that was kind of more um, focusing on sustainability as well as kind of health. So essentially in rural Guatemala, um, a lot of people cook with open fire stoves. And so the smoke can affect obviously the environment as well as like the people in that area and their health. So um, basically we had an engineering kind of team that would um, make a design for new stoves. And um, some of us actually got to go to Guatemala. Um, I didn't end up going, but my friend did. And they had a super good time just like learning and talking to actual like stakeholders who are using the stoves. And um, definitely like that's an important part of the engineering process. So that was like a super cool experience for them, for sure. I guess like those are kind of like the two main things I wanted to talk about. Um, I've definitely done like other kind of volunteer kind of things. Like I volunteered with just like UBC engineering for like open houses. So like doing this exact kind of thing, talking to students who are incoming. And yeah, I've always like really enjoyed it. Um, definitely when I started, like I was like, oh my God, like this is so scary. Um, but yeah, I just want to be like that person that, you know, people can go to, people can talk to. Um, and yeah, just like letting, like a helping hand and make sure that people aren't so scared and lost.
That's amazing. I love learning about all of these different clubs and groups. And honestly, I felt super excited. It's so cool how, especially when you mentioned how some students got to go to Guatemala and actually see the things they've designed in real life actually being used. I think that's super cool. And I just wanted to clarify, I'm not too familiar with the structure of design teams, but for these groups, is it the sub teams work together on different parts of the project and together in the end, they build a product? Is that kind of how it works? Kind of. So I guess the one that I was part of, Waste Knots, they were more unique in that each sub team was kind of working on their own individual projects. So someone would kind of like come up with an idea or like a design that they wanted to work on. And then they'd recruit other members. And so they'd kind of just like have their own little team that was working on that. Um, but for other design teams, for example, um, like I believe there's a team that does like solar powered cars. Like they will have like a mechanical team, a like maybe um, electrical team, maybe like a coding team. So there, there's all like different kinds of like sub teams. So they will either like be working on different parts of a project, like you said, to kind of like make a finished project. Or it'll just kind of be like everybody's working on their own little thing, but they're all under one kind of big design team that has like an overarching goal of like, for example, sustainability. Okay, I see. That makes sense. That's that's really cool. As a student, you've had the chance to take part in multiple co-op and internship roles. And at the beginning, you mentioned that you're doing co-op at ATCO, which I think is super cool. And I was wondering, could you give us some examples of these experiences and share any obstacles you faced and how you overcame them? And I'm also really interested in any highlights of your internship positions and any valuable skills or knowledge you gained from them. Mm -hmm. So currently, I would say like my current highlight, just because I haven't been with ACO for that long, I just started like May 1st. But definitely uh, we had like a team building activity where we all kind of went out and did this thing called um, Activate. So it was basically like real life video games where you kind of like are in the video game yourself and you have to move around and I guess get active, like Activate suggests. Um, but that was super fun. Definitely nice to know that, you know, when you go to the office, it's not all serious work and kind of just doing your own thing. Um, but yeah, I would say probably another highlight or like interesting thing that I learned was just like even I guess like people are always there to help and like they're super friendly. Like you you would think like, you know, being the youngest person in the office kind of intimidating, like you're working with all these like adult adults, if that makes sense, because I guess I kind of see myself as, you know, obviously an adult because I am, you know, above 18, but it's kind of just like seeing like these more like senior experienced engineers and just being able to like talk to them and like ask them about stuff and I guess it's just like nice knowing that you know they're not going to judge you they also were in your position at one time and it's all kind of just like a big learning environment for everybody and you know since it's like I guess a team like you're always trying to help each other you always got like the other person's back and so I like that kind of like I guess corporate culture from them um, but yeah, definitely, like, I would say there's been a lot of stuff to learn just because, um, you know, I'm not going to be doing homework and doing the same thing in the office, but 
at the same time, there's definitely been like stuff that I, you know, kind of learned. And like, for example, there's like a course I took on materials and they talked about like material testing there. And so at work, like they've also talked about like the same tests. And I was like, oh, well, I recognize that. And so that was kind of interesting to make that connection. Overall, I think it's definitely good to do co-op or like at least, you know, get an internship yourself just because you get to actually see what it's like to work as an engineer because you can do design teams, but at the end of the day, you're not working in like an actual kind of engineering group or like consulting or whatever you want to do, that kind of thing. But yeah. Definitely. I think getting that real life exposure is super key. And this is just a question that came to mind now. Your internship position is in Edmonton. And I was wondering, how was that experience adapting to a new place and working in a totally new area? Yeah, um, definitely. It's nice that ACO has hired like a bunch of other co-ops just because they've also like probably like come from different areas or at least like they're also in that kind of new position. So it's easy to make friends, like everybody's super friendly and like, you know, willing to be open. So that's pretty nice. Um, I guess like I've already kind of moved to Vancouver before just for like school, I guess. Um, I do visit back home um, during breaks and like reading break, for example. But yeah, it's just kind of like that. I've already kind of had that experience of like moving to a new city. And it's really just like important that you kind of open yourself up to new experiences and like meeting new people. Um, I won't lie, like, because first year was online for me and then um, second year was like partially online, but I ended up moving to campus. So I was living on campus at the time. And I won't lie, like I was kind of a shut in, like I would just go to my classes online and stay in my room a lot. And that ended up not being so great for my mental health. So definitely going out to your classes and talking to people and actually meeting people and making friends, super important. Um, definitely recommend. Uh, just like, yeah, go to classes, go to work, like meet new people, try and get involved in things. Like that's always like my recommendation when you go to like a new place. 100%. I really like that you mentioned that piece. I think opening yourself up to those new experiences and trying to meet new people is really important. And speaking of the topic of mental health and well-being, I think that balancing academic work, extracurricular activities, and other responsibilities can be super challenging. And I really admire your ability to balance all of your responsibilities super effectively. So I was wondering if you had some specific methods or strategies that you use or that you would recommend to help students balance their commitments with their studies? So I personally am a bit of a procrastinator um, and I definitely know that there's other people like me as well and I guess to kind of not fix it but just kind of make sure that I'm not leaving things till last minute because that gets super stressful is um, I've got like a kind of extension on my Google Chrome that is like a little to-do list that I can open up and add tasks and then kind of just tick them off as I go through them. And sometimes like, you know, if it's like, you know, I'm not feeling too well or like it's getting stressful, I'll just put in like a task that says like drink water, like do things that are just gonna like make me feel better or like, you know, take a break, do some yoga, that kind of thing, um, always helps. 
and obviously like putting down tasks for homework um, and then just looking ahead on my schedule and seeing, okay, like this thing is due in five days. It might be a good idea to get started on this now and kind of just work through it slowly instead of having to rush it at the end. But yeah, for sure, like it's important to take a break, just like cramming everything all at once and like, you know, studying for eight hours straight is probably not going to do you any favors. Like you'll probably get some information in your head and that's good. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, sitting at your desk, staring at the screen, you know, for eight hours, just like going over different math equations, not that fun and also not that great for you. So again, like, I think it's important to kind of just like use a timer of sorts. Um, personally, I like the Pomodoro timer, so that helps me a lot. Um, I also use it at work just because I know like, you know, sitting in a cubicle can get kind of boring or like distracting. So um, being able to just kind of like zone in for like, for example, I do the 25-5. So 25 minutes of just like straight work and then five minutes of break. That's always been super helpful. Uh, but yeah, just like knowing where your limits are, I think, and being able to know, okay, like I get distracted by my phone easily, for example, I'm just going to put that away while I'm studying. But yeah, those are kind of my tips. Those are great recommendations. I really like that Pomodoro method you mentioned. I'm a big fan of it and I use it a lot too. And that Google Chrome extension, I was wondering, what is the name of it? Oh, it's called Todoist. So instead of like to-do list, it kind of combines like do and list. So Doist. Okay, I see. That's great. I'm going to note that down. I feel like Google Chrome extensions are always just major lifesavers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And before we wrap up with our final question, throughout our conversation, I learned a lot about you. And I was just wondering, looking ahead to the future, do you have any hopes or goals for what you want to do after you graduate from university? For example, are there any particular industries or fields that interest you for potential career paths? Yeah, so um, I have personally considered a master's degree. Um, I'm not 100% on this yet, but I guess, you know, there's considering my co-op and then having to go back for one more year of my degree, I've kind of got some time to think about that. Um, but it's definitely something that I think a lot of people can consider. Um, I guess in terms of industries I'm interested in. So like I mentioned kind of at the beginning, like one of my hobbies is dance. I actually used to be a competitive dancer. And so that's kind of where my interest in biomechanics comes in, just because I've seen like people get injured doing like certain movements. And I'm like, hey, like, what could I do to kind of like not prevent it, maybe, but just like you know, how can I, you know, help them recover faster? Or like, maybe there is something I can do to prevent it. So kind of just like looking into that and seeing maybe if I could design anything in the future is definitely an interest of mine. Awesome. I think it's super cool how your current studies and what you're learning ties in with your passion for dance. I That's super interesting. And best of luck to you wherever you choose to do. I'm sure you'll do great. And that brings me to the closing question. What message or piece of advice would you give to girls interested in a STEM career? I guess it would just be to, you know, be open to new experiences and kind of just, yeah, being open to learning new things. Again, it can be kind of scary, especially, again, since STEM is male-dominated. 
but it's just being able to take in the passion that you have for STEM and applying yourself and just like wanting to try new things even if you're not sure if you like it or not you never know maybe it's something that you enjoy a lot and you'll end up like having a career in it so I would just say like you know open yourself to doing new things meeting new people and you know you kind of never know where it's gonna lead you that is a great piece of advice and I couldn't agree more I think it's very important to open yourself up as you mentioned and just put yourself out there and try new things so with that said thank you so much for joining me today yeah no problem it was super nice talking to you and there you have it that concludes my advice pack talk with alice reflecting on our conversation i wanted to just take some time to share one of my key takeaways i was just truly fascinated by how alice discovered that engineering was the right path for her during the pandemic And I know for a lot of people, including myself, settling on the right major and finding that career path for you, it can be a very challenging and oftentimes just overwhelming decision. But I believe that her story serves as a really valuable reminder that sometimes that spark of inspiration can come when you least expect it. So always be sure to keep an open mind and perhaps most importantly, be sure to keep yourself open to all opportunities. If you're interested, tag the podcast Instagram account, which is at Confessions of Women in STEM, on your stories and tell me about your key takeaways from this chat or what resonated the most with you. If you enjoyed the episode and you'd like to support the Confessions of Women in STEM podcast, please subscribe to the show or help spread the word by sharing it on social media. Thank you for joining me for this episode and I look forward to bringing you more insightful conversations in the future. Bye!